All right, guys, welcome to Warzone Eternal, presented by Dead Zone, the podcast. I'm Rick. I'm Alex. And I'm Rick Talk. Rick Talk. For now, until they <laughs> Welcome to the Dead Zone podcast. Dead Zone is the sci-fi table top. So, we are just back from Adepticon. I want to know how Adepticon was for you guys, because I was only there for a couple hours. Yeah, it, it felt like we were only there for a couple hours at times. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Uh, well, so, how was Adepticon? I mean, I don't know exactly how to answer that succinctly. It's uh, Adepticon was amazing. I, I Adepticon is always amazing. I would agree. It was my first. You guys obviously have been multiple times yes. uh, over the years. This was my first one, and... With so many people in the industry that I work with that were vending there or that I, I've known throughout my career in the industry, uh, it was everything everybody's ever said it was, was going to be. It was, it was an um, eye-opening in regards okay. to the miniature side of our hobby for me. Um, it was enjoyable in that uh, you could just see the people that were there were having a good time. It was their space, right? Yes, and then for me, like like I've said before, is it was very inspirational, right? <laughs> right on. Because I knew I know there's talent in our space. It's yes. Not, but as far as painters, you know, you got your yeah. golden demon winners. You got and competitors, and it's ridiculous the talent that they possess. <laughs> You've got um, uh, what the worthy. Yeah, the worthy, worthy for uh, Marvel brush, Crisis Protocol, right, and then brush with death. Brush with death. So yeah. there's so many different painting competitions that existed there. That and was, there's. Not, there was like is a creature caster. Yep, creature yeah, caster. Creature had caster one. had one. Yeah, um, but there there were like five or six uh, uh, painting competitions that yeah. were held there, and all of them had amazing uh, um, submissions. The thing that I was ill prepared for is the talent that lies beyond just painting, but the builders, right? The 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 diorama displays, the, like the armies on display kind of thing. Oh my! They were God. amazing. <laughs> the things that those people could build. Right. Yeah. Was I was floored. I I don't think if I if I didn't have to be at the booth, I would have been just walking around taking pictures of those those diorama displays that the Age of Sigmar, the Warhammer players, yep. and, and it's not just them. Nope. It, it seems like every war game has that. Yes. And they were all freaking crazy good. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then of course you've got the companies that bring their own tables. Right. Again, floored me. The one at Resnova was amazing. Yes, it was. That uh, was that was an incredible display board. Right? <laughs> Dave Taylor did a heck of a job. Yeah, and he had what four tables at the show that he had built. Uh, minimum four that yeah, I could minimum, yeah minimum four. Uh, he had the two at Modifius, mm -hmm. and he had the one at GW. Yep. Yeah. And then there was right near us. Was, right, right next to you guys. There was what two. There game was, two. was that? That because that was amazing. That, that was trench pulp. kind of thing. It was it was pulp something. 
um, the Pulp Miniatures? Oh, yeah, Pulp Miniatures along with uh, Crocodile Games. Okay. Yeah, yeah so they're doing a blend. Uh, Pulp Miniatures is a company that uh, sells a, a massive range of, you know, pulp-oriented mm-hmm. uh, models. And then Crocodile Games is uh, Chris Fitzpatrick, which anyone who... You know, collected Games Workshop models in the late 90s, early 2000s would know. And, yeah, he's had his War Gods of Egyptus, Olympus, and Hyperborea games for probably, <laughs> I think, almost 20 years now. And they're crazy cool. They're, they're yeah, they really cool. are. But those yep. tables, the, like the uh, the Greek, uh, I don't know, it was like on a mountainside, <laughs> yep. and it had the, the like the Pantheon. and the, Yeah, the uh, waterfall yeah. and bridges. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yep. Super cool. And then, of course, the... The giant, like four foot by, ahead of an almost eight, eight foot, foot long, long. Um, uh, canyon table. Yes, that was made to look like right. some sort of desert canyon with a temple built into the wall. Mult- they, multiple temple entrances. Yeah, yeah. All Egyptian frescoes or yeah. uh, it was so cool. Yeah, it, it was something right out of Indiana Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the pulp miniatures like theme. Yep. Everything's very. 1920s to 1940s. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, imagery. So I would I would guess that if you played like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, that absolutely. Would, you'd, oh, you'd, yeah. You'd use those miniatures to be like your investigators and such if you didn't already have some. That's right. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so those two tables were just sick. And then I don't recall the name of the company that was right in front of Modiphius, but they had that elevator uh, display board. Like they had that table that looked like it was a. It had like a, a scene on top, and then it had a cut down along the side of the table that looked like it was a mine shaft elevator going down into a cavernous area. It was like on a like a whitish. I, I pointed it out to you uh, up at the front. Yep, uh, Blacksite Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah Blacksite yeah, Studios with, with Lunar. Yeah, Blacksite Studios has just got a range of such cool. <laughs> like, yeah, they do super thematic games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they've done a they've done a, a heck of a job with uh, the displays. It, it was a cool combination of actually. Here's a demo board. The demo board is sitting on top of our merchandising right. rack, and then the ends of our merchandising rack are a diorama. Right, and so they, they, they like hit all yeah. three aspects of the hobby of, of being a of being a manufacturer in the hobby mm-hmm. just with this one little like shelving yeah. unit. It's super cool. Yeah. And then uh, Atomic Mass Games had a really good one for their Star yes, Wars Shatterpoint. Yep. Yes. Um, display. They had th- they had four de- demo tables. Demo tables. Yeah. Three were just. Basic Star Wars looking scattered terrain, yeah. and then one was like a freaking like factory, like, like built set. into a, a mountainside. Yeah. yeah. So the cool, cool, so the cool thing about the three that were just kind of that's what's in the Shatterpoint box. Oh, is that okay? And yeah. That was, that those three boards, those three boards were. This is what you get. Okay. And that fourth board was, but this is what you can do. Right. <laughs> what was nice is uh, when I went over there for the demo. Because uh, it was, again, this is one of the things I like about being in the industry is they actually were texting me. It was like, hey, Rick, have you had a chance to do a demo yet? And I was like, no, I've been really busy and doing stuff over here. And their, uh, their events coordinator came over and was like, well, you have an appointment at 1.30 to come over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because it, it was ticketed. You had it to was, get a, yeah. You had to get a ticket to go do the demos. And he's like, here, here you go. And I was like, ah, oh, sweet, man, thanks. And then went over and they and they they put me on the nice t- the nice table and everything. And <laughs> they they treated me nice, but they're all you know they're all good folks over yeah. there. So uh, I, I think that's the difference between like Rick being in the industry and uh, and Alex just getting into the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were grinding. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, 
Yeah, so so Brian Steele, right, uh, the uh, lead designer on, on Warzone Eternal, yeah. uh, primarily held down the demo booth and sure ran just countless demos. Did a great job. I he mean. did. Yeah, no, I was I was kind of the uh, the relief pitcher when when he just <laughs> when his arm was completely uh, completely obliterated. So, um, no, it was awesome. I, th- I think we ran, I don't know, probably twenty plus demos a day. Yeah, um, very nice. And it was it was cool. Right, we had a couple couple guys who came back multiple times. Um, <laughs> and they'd always bring someone new with them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's exactly, perfect. Yeah. And then uh, and then what was it? Cole, I think was his name. Was that the young kid? Yeah, he yeah. Had, we had a teenager and came and okay. I, I think he came there five times. Every time we put new miniatures out, he's like, "Hey." I'd, I'd like to run the try the demo again. I'd like to try these guys out. <laughs> and, and the thing that was funny, right, is um, yeah, I came back and I was talking to one of my buddies who, you know, he and I used to run uh, demos for Target Games at okay. Gen Con, you know, Warzone and Cronopia way back in the day. And, and we uh, we joked about it because the first time we saw Warzone at Gen Con, we were those teenagers. You were that teenager, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we went back up to the Target Games booth over and over and over <laughs> um, to the point where uh, when we left the convention, they're like, well, here, here's a printout. Here are the playtest rules for Warzone First Edition. Just like, Very nice. go away. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it was nice. awesome. Um, so he was super excited. Lots of people were super excited. Yeah. Um, you know, the gameplay, gameplay was very well received. Yeah, and awesome. also, also this new sculpts, which I think is one of the things, was the better decision that you made when, because I don't know if a lot of people know, you, you launched a Kickstarter around this Warzone Zone Eternal, but canceled it because you knew you could bring something better to the table. Yeah, uh, we had uh, uh, brought out a product, put it up on Kickstarter May of last year. And yeah, and it it funded the first day. Everything was kind of looking, yep. looking like it was going the right direction. But yeah, we had a lot of observations by by fans, some, some good... Um, legitimate uh, conversations, and yeah, they, they had some uh, you know, ideas of like this is how the product could be made better. This is what you could do to sure. tweak things to make to make it more interesting or more compelling for me. Uh, me being a, a Warzone fan who was already backing it, and so yeah, so we pulled it down. And one of the most significant things we've done for the last year is is a massive redo of the miniatures line. And yeah. so, and I'd say probably, well, every single miniature except for one or two. Um, has been at least brought sent back to the sculptors, uh, rendered as a single dynamically posed model, a single or a mono pose, right? Mono so pose. no longer modular. Yeah. Uh, but it, what it does is allows us to get really, really more dynamic looking models. Mm-hmm. And then two of the factions, we we just went back to the drawing board and s- sculpted them from scratch again, and then added a seventh faction. So it was funny, right? Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> more, more options. Um, so, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, the people who had seen the Kickstarter before, you know, we, we had a lot of people who you know, let us know, like, we, we backed it last yeah. year. We liked what you were doing last year. This is even better. Uh, we had a perfect th- response. Well, exactly. I mean, it was, I think, you know, Rick and I were joking, right? We were, you know, calling it um, Affirmation Con because uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you, you spend a couple years just, just working away at this, yeah. right? And uh, and so it's hard to really get a, a gauge of, of what people legitimately feel, right? right. Because you, know, you spend the time looking at the stuff you're working on, trying to determine, is this the right thing? Are we going in the right direction? Um, and then, of course, you know, online you get... An array of different opinions and voices. Oh, yeah. um, so again, it's hard to really, really get an idea of where people land. And so when they came to the booth and they they looked at the display case and saw all the you know, high quality prototype prints, yeah. and they could actually see like this is what the models are going to look like. 
you know, people generally came away um, satisfied. And it was funny, a couple people and at least one person on our on the Wars on Eternal Facebook group, you know, who had noted, well, geez, when you when you pulled this down, when we pulled the Kickstarter down last year, we weren't expecting this level of effort put into a rework. And I, it, so it was good, right? Because, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what else we were going to do for a year, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so the uh, the, the reactions uh, on site were really good. I talked to a lot of people who had mentioned that they were fans for years and years and years. I had one guy come up and you know asked me if I if I if we had any of the first edition models there. So, well, <laughs> I mean, we're not selling those. I mean, the molds have disappeared, and yeah. who, and it was no. He was literally asking. He understood clearly enough that I was an old school fan. He was hoping that oh. I personally had some Oh, of these okay. You <laughs> just wanted to see him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I think that the people who were, were longtime fans came away, um, you know, satisfied with, with what we were doing. And then the, uh, yeah, again, the, the, the demos, demos went over well. Right on. Yeah, the the other thing that I thought was really interesting was when you talk about the old the old fans and the nostalgia fans. Yeah, when they were walking by, some of them were like doing a, the whole double take. Wait, and they and they'd come over and they're like, "So Warzone's coming back, right?" <laughs> right? And they they'd go right to the um, to the case after we told them, you know, about the new sculpts and everything. And you could you could just see how giddy and like excited they were for it. Uh, and there was a, uh, easily. 15 or 20 that were that would fall into that like space of like hyper excited uh and like you said uh like the young kid that kept coming back probably demoed it five times minimum yeah. there's uh, nothing uh, wrong with that oh, no, no, especially <laughs> considering he brought someone new every time every single time <laughs> right uh and then uh there was a couple others that were like that as well i there, the one gentleman that gave us all the space Pens. Yeah, space pens. Yeah. Space yeah. pens. Yeah, so the the pens that were that were designed so that they could use them in the space shuttle or in the space station. Oh, uh, he had he oddly <laughs> <laughs> he had uh, enough for each of us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And he, well, yeah. he hung out at the booth all weekend. Yeah, no, and it was uh, you know when he when he handed them over to us, you know, we kind of looked quizzically at him. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I just, I, mean, I I just wanted to give you guys something to say thank you for working on this game and bringing it back. Yeah, like, well, that's so cool. Okay, right. so it's not just me being a, a weirdo, nostalgic person who wants to uh, work on this game. There are people out there who are who are enthused by the the take that we're that we're taking. But also weird, weirdo nostalgia. Oh yeah, no, I mean there's, there's no question. <laughs> sure. Yeah, weirdo nostalgia is the bumper sticker I have on my sure. car. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Well, it looks like we got another guest. Um, Jeff from Michigan GT has joined us. What's up, fellas? <laughs> yeah, he has joined the fray. with his medals. So, oh, he's wearing them. Yeah, he's wearing <laughs> them. Oh, so we're talking about Adeptcon and how their experience was with Adeptcon. Uh, right on. Since you're here, how was yours? Oh, it was boring. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we'll go back to that. It, 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 it must suck when you just roll over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a good weekend. Yeah. yeah, we had a good time. Right on. Very cool. But yeah, the, uh, the that part. Not only was it a well, affirmation con for for Alex and the team, but it was also yeah. very much an, uh, a nostalgia con. I think for some of the people that saw that it was coming back. Like I heard stories from some of these individuals that were like that I've heard from you, and I was just like, this guy's just telling me a load of 
crap. <laughs> and then uh, and then these people are coming in being like, yeah, man, uh, this was my first game I ever got into that brought me into miniature play. But then when it went away or when it got, you know, picked up by, for Resurrection, I just kind of dropped it and ended up going to, to – 40K or Age of Sigmar or some other miniature game. It wasn't like, Age of Sigmar back then. Fantasy Battle. Battle Tech. Whatever it was that they mentioned was their, like, walkaway game, too. Yeah. Sure. It, um, they were just, they, they were super excited. And there were people telling stories, like, this was the biggest competitor against Games Workshop in the oh, 90s. Wow. Yeah. That's still was crazy. this IP. And, the, and some of them are like, maybe we could do it again. Yeah, it's like well, okay. <laughs> a slower roll here, guys. And I, and I, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's cute <laughs> to think that. But uh, they've had what forty years of uh, yeah of of wow, growth, growth and and yeah. learning and, and, and investment and, and falling yeah, down development and falling down and getting back up hundred percent. Where yeah, we're now doing it. Even resurrected from the grave is what's happened here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very, yes. well, very and, different. And, and, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> and, and I actually think that's a good transition, right? Because one of the things that we talked about with the people who were interested is trying to scope out expectations. Yeah. Right. Um, is, okay, guys, we are a small company, right? And they're asking, like, well, very. when are we going to get the Hurricane Walker or the Biogiant, right? These big models. I'm like, I. I would love to say tomorrow, but right, it's it's going to be down down the road. We've yeah. got to we got to get legs under us. We've got to you know have something that's sustainable. People getting into the game, and then we can start thinking about things sure. like that. But but even it doesn't matter how many <laughs> hurricane walkers we end up selling, right? Yeah, Games yeah. Workshop operates at a different level. Oh, and, and I think I think it's the, not a fair comparison. No, it's it, no, exactly not. right, and and I think that you know trying to make sure that people. People are, are, are viewing things correctly, right? Have that have a right. perspective, yeah. and right. realize like this is this is the space, right? Yeah. I mean, Games Workshop sits way up here in terms Be of market space, there. but there's a lot of space 100%. You know, underneath that. Yeah. And yeah. So there's and you know that's part of the reason we chose to do a skirmish game, right? It gives us a small buy-in. Barrier yep. to entry is very low. Right. Play as many skirmish games as you want to, right? There's oh yeah. We heard multiple times um, when working with other publishers over the weekend. Right, the whole idea of you know uh, rising tides lift all boats, and yep. you know the nice thing is a lot of the people in the industry feel that way very strongly. I mean, including people that we were talking to who have games that are going to be in the exact same market space. That's as awesome. Warzone. So yeah, it's it's cool, and it's it's a good it's a good community. Yeah, right on. So one more question about Adepticon, Rick Talk. Okay, are you going back next year? Uh, I've already got it on my calendar. <laughs> it is March 20th through 24th of next year. And what's spoiler interesting, alert. Right, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, thunder. Right? Jeez. Well, they announced it. They announced it today. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some so, of us have to work. So, so that's why when I, when I saw it on the announcement, I just went to my calendar and added it on. So absolutely, we'll be going back next year. And I'm under the impression, from what I'm hearing from... My, uh, the other con that usually runs on that same weekend is that next year they will not be on the same weekend. So I might be doubled up. Really? Wow. And be able to go to, to two fun cons. Cool. I added one nice. more question for sure. him. So what booth gave the custom names on the hats? Oh. <laughs> so this is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it says, for you listeners out there, he's wearing a Turbo Dork hat. It took me a second to yeah. understand. But you, but you know what Turbo this. Dork is. Uh, <laughs> So it's funny as I got I got back, nice. Um, I got back from the show and I had my brother told me that uh, we had a bunch of boxes 
at his house because I get all my mail delivered there. And there we go. Anyway, so <laughs> I had to uh, get the metal shake. <laughs> and so we get over. I go over to pick up all these boxes from my brother's house, and uh, one of them was a box from Turbo Dork. Right, the, 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 the paint company, and there were two hats in there. Nice, uh, this this teal one and a pink one. Oh, all right, yeah. right on. Yeah, so I'm not wearing the teal pink one, one is because quite fetching. I'm Thanks. I'm actually disappointed the colors don't shift on the bill of the hat. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty it's, impressive. It's, a, it's a real marketing miss. I got to be honest <laughs> I with agree. you. I agree. Yeah. But no, they sent some paints their their entire paint line for the uh, paint take this weekend at C2E. Oh, nice, very cool. Very cool. Well, and to follow on your question about Rick's presence last year, um, or next year, Wars of Eternal, mm-hmm. Resnova, we did, we locked down our booth. For you locked down? Well. Oh, so, great. Sweet. So we will be there again. So, sorry to jump in. Oh, no, you're fine. Do you have goals of actually having a gameplay event at Adepticon next year? Yeah, we would like to. Okay. Um, and obviously, we'll have to see. We can't, we got to be um, conservative with our promises. 100%. But, but we, we'd like to be able to have product there by next year as oh, well. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah. But, again. Actually generate income with the booth exactly, instead of it just yeah. being expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd exactly. be pretty awesome. Yeah. But to be clear for the audience, no promises. Yes. Yes. No promises on that one. Right. Other than that, you're going to be there. I'll be there. And Rick yeah. will be there. Yeah. And Brian will be there. And Jake will be there. Yeah. Right on. And, of course, Jeff will be He'll be yeah, there. Be yeah, there. Win, win, winning, yeah, winning, winning more, more medals. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yep. Got a sore neck. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll be back to talk specifically about the Kickstarter. Awesome. Hey, this is Community Pet, and you're listening to Dead Zone, the podcast with Rick and Brian. All right, guys, welcome back. So, let's talk about the Kickstarter. What about yes, the sir? ladies? What ladies? You said, all right, guys, welcome back. All right, guys. You have no female listeners? We Well, there's no females on the podcast oh, right now. Oh, okay. oh you're telling guys. us welcome back. Yeah, you're oh, telling oh, us welcome back. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, to all you listeners, and to all you listeners out there, too. Welcome, yeah, welcome, welcome back. back. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Welcome back, Carter. It's okay. Anyway. Brian yeah, does it on every episode anyway. Nice. He sings the Welcome Back Carter song? No, he sings some random song. Oh, okay. nice. I was say, is he always old random. enough to even I was be say, aware of I don't think is. he knows I mean, that he's one. he's what, 14? Mr. Carter! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carter! <laughs> I mean, Brian, we love you. We know you're not here. Uh, but when I first met you, I was like, does his parents know that he's not at <laughs> <laughs> He looks so young. I, yeah, we all wish does. that we looked young. God, I do too. Yeah, yeah, There's no doubts. So anyway, anywho, let's talk about the Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, sir. So when is the Kickstarter launching? Uh, May second. All right, that's right around the corner. Yeah, it's a little over a month away. So um, uh, if you see me start shaking nervously, right, it's just the anxiety. <laughs> so what made nice. you pick the second of May? Um. Okay, so first off, like Tuesdays, mm-hmm. our Kickstarter launch day. Oh, that's a traditional it, launch day. Okay. Well, and for it, whatever reason, like the the metrics show that that Kickstarters perform better when they launch on a Tuesday. All right, you're not depressed from Monday anymore. Right, exactly. Things yeah, are starting yeah, to pick yeah, up. It's yeah, not it's, Monday. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday. I, I need still, something to get me through the week. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right. I mean, um, I knew there had to be a reason. Yeah, no. Yeah. So that's that's the Tuesday, and then and then it becomes a matter of like planning around holidays, right? And yeah. So you got to make sure that um, you're not starting on a holiday right. weekend right. or right right before or after a holiday yeah, weekend. Makes sense. So uh, and then of course just trying to time out the. the the space or the distance from yep. when we were at Adepticon, right? We want to want to build on some of the goodwill that we sure. created there, so we don't want to have it like out in June, right? You know, people forget about you. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. So yeah, so that that's and so you you literally look at a calendar and you start crossing out dates, crossing oh, out dates. Right. Like, uh, May second. Okay. All right. Well, All right. And the other the other thing too is you don't want to launch around the same time as a major launch of another company <laughs> right. that might be doing four million dollars <laughs> sure. in two days, yeah. in one day. Oh, is it one day? Yeah. They yes. Four in a day. Yeah. And hopefully you're lucky enough to know about that. Yeah, right? of course. You yes. know, I mean, yeah. right. it's not like there's like this big message board. Say, hey, I launched my Kickstarter. On this <laughs> <day."> <laughs> yeah. Again, again, I think that's the benefit of being in the industry sure. or adjacent or however we want 100%, to consider right. ourselves. Because like you got some connections. Like Alex's yep. wife has some connections. And I actually run the TikTok for Catalyst, which is the company we're talking about. <laughs> yep. They launched, so we we had some inside information. I guess you could yeah. say. That I didn't back them. I'm I'm holding my money up for Warzone. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice. All in. I yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Smell it from here. All in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah. So so, so May second, we'll be going right. live, and um, things are still being planned. But we hope to have a few events that people can remotely plug into when we're doing that right on so it won't be just you know click on on the kickstarter back us and then go away we hope to hope to have some things engage. That we can engage you with exactly right on right. yeah and of course we'll have more information as that comes yeah um expect that over the next couple weeks there's going yep. to be regular releases of stuff um the the warzone eternal facebook group in case people are not part of it it's probably the most active community page associated with it yep. um but we uh the resnova instagram tiktok uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts will all use. I can't promise that we'll hit every single one of those <laughs> continuously, yeah. but spread across those, we'll be pushing out uh, additional details uh, up until then. And then the uh, the Warzone Eternal, the Resnova Facebook page. Um, yep. We're gonna probably. I'm hoping this weekend to start a designer diary blog on there. Oh, really cool! Just start explaining like. Why did we bring Wars and Eternal back? How did we yeah. decide what a sacred warrior's helmet should look like? Right, it's stuff like that. It's kind of a a deep dive for those people who are who are interested in either in game design or or just the development of Warzone. Very nice. Yeah. So, what is at launch? What is the Kickstarter going to have for them? So, at launch, uh, confirmed, the Kickstarter will have a faction starter box for the seven factions that we're releasing, and those are going to be. The five mega corporations, so Bauhaus, Capital, Cybertronic, Imperial, and Mishima. Uh, Brotherhood, which is like humanity's like force of light. And okay. then um, an Elgaroth force. And Elgaroth is the Dark Legion Apostle of War. So there's, not to get derailed, but there's five, <laughs> there, there's, there's five apostles of the Dark Legion. And Elgaroth specifically represents that, that apostle who's the most industrious in the um, uh, conduct of war, the creation of war machines, um, the development of the necro technology that brings undead legionnaires back and yeah. kind of forms the the basis of um, you know, the armies of the other dark apostles. Okay. So seven factions. Um, each faction will have a starter box, and those starter boxes are intended to be balanced against each other. So everybody nice. can just grab Very a starter nice. box, sit down and play. Um, they're a little bit smaller than the number of points we're recommending for a normal-sized game. Sure. But... 
a good way to get into the game. Um, so yeah, and then each one of those faction starter boxes will have uh, models from three different unit types. Okay. So it'll give give players kind of a uh, taster, a taster, yeah, of like what the, the faction could play like, sure. right? Because each of those units is a bit different, um, and so you want to play Bauhaus and you'll get a sense. This is what the Venusian Rangers are versus Blitzers. You'll get a couple models of each of those types. Cool. So that you get some sense of what, what play style might be interesting to you. So right are now. you going to back at like an X dollar amount and then you pick your faction box yeah, based so, on what you're interested in most? Yeah. So that, that'll be like the core pledge, right? Is that you will, right. you'll back and you'll get a faction starter. Um, we're still working through what the various pledge levels will look like. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there'll be ones where it's, you know, two-player starter, buy two faction boxes. Right. There will be yeah. a all-in, grab one of all seven of the faction boxes. Um, we're still trying to figure those things out, something right that, that Rick yeah. and I have been talking about. Yeah, and there's also, the uh, we're thinking about the ridiculous level. <laughs> the ridiculous the, level? Yeah. The Rick. The Rick ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous it. level. I love that level. Where you get seven of every faction box. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Rick level. <laughs> uh, so so that's, that's also a joke. Don't take that as uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, but... It, Yes, there should be a ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have some ideas. The drive back from Adepticon was very, very late at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of those ideas probably should never see reality, but they may. Doesn't Agreed. mean they won't. Agreed. Agreed. No, 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 they won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it'll be the, the seven faction starters, a uh, hardcover, or sorry, not hardcover, but a, a print rule book, uh, probably soft okay. cover. Um, so those, those kind of form the foundation of the, uh, the Kickstarter. Our buddies at Muson Minis are making acrylic uh, objective counters, uh, tokens for the game. Uh, for those of you who saw the tokens last year yes. when we did it, and you know, there were some uh, comments that, like, oh, these things, are, these things are way too bright or they're too colorful. <laughs> I mean, to, I, I will take this moment right now to explain the design <laughs> philosophy there. It is, uh, we wanted high visibility so that people would quickly look at the table and see what the table state was. Yeah. But it became very apparent that what people want for counters is they want something gritty that feels like it like belongs on the table, right? So it kind of adds to the aesthetic of the table. So it's less about um, quick access table read and more about I want my counters to look cool. So, so we went back. Yep. We've redesigned all the counters. Um, I liked your counters. I got to be honest. I thought I, I thought they looked really good. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I agree um, with that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the nice thing is they've been developed. So, um, yeah, if Muse on Minis wants to sell a set of high visibility Warzone uh, counters, More power to them. Yeah, exactly. cool. Um, but yeah, so Muse is going to do uh, uh, objective counters, uh, tokens, like I said, and then. You got this really cool uh, measuring widget, right? Which has got yep. one, two, three, and four inch sides. So it kind of oh, perfect. helps for um, you know the standard movement distances, uh, reposition moves in war zone. Yep. Um, so those are handy. Uh, so those things you know, th- that is the core of the Kickstarter when we launch. Okay. Presuming the Kickstarter does well, uh, our intention is to do separate unit boxes for each of the three unit types that are in each faction starter. So if you're somebody who's well-versed in Warzone and you decide, I don't need a Bauhaus starter, I know what Bauhaus is, I want my box of Venusian Rangers, we'll have a box of five Venusian Rangers, a box of five Blitzers. Yeah. Um, so you could build a force that way as well. Now, again, those things are going to be uh, determined by the, the success of the Kickstarter. It's mm-hmm. not, sure. we, we can't, you know, the mold production costs and everything are expensive enough that we can't sure. just roll out and say, all of this is going to be available. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a couple ideas for exclusive miniatures. Uh, we've got a couple more 
partnership ideas that came out of Adepticon that, okay. yep. that we may be able to uh, to leverage for some other cool ideas. Right on. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to ultimately be a pretty pretty interesting Kickstarter, more diverse set of options than we had last year. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And I know one of the ones that we did talk about. I don't is, that is one of the bigger ones, and it may or may not exist, but it could. If it does, Adepticon ne- next year. Maybe a very small group of individuals will have a very good time playing that game with some very, very uh, in-the-know people about the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Privately. Yes, privately. Oh. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nope. 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 So, yeah, yeah, like you said, Rick's had a couple of really good ideas. Um, you know, I, I look at it very much from a... Uh, I don't want to say more practical because that suggests that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right word. Right. Yeah. It's the, the writing's on the hat. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot of what I'm looking at is, okay, what, what yeah. are the, the ones that make the most sense for like What's just viable? getting product right. into people's yeah. hands? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I absolutely recognize, I mean, you look at, we talked about that giant Kickstarter for Catalyst, right? You yeah. look at some of the options they have in there and there are people, right, who are sufficiently or sufficient fans of the property that they don't want to just get stuff for the game, right? right. They want yep. to engage with the game. They want to engage with the company that's making it. They they want to feel like they're part sure. of the process. And, you know, we want to give people the opportunity to do that. And that's what the Kickstarter is all about, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's you finding that thing that you connect with and helping that thing become something yep no I, right you know that, that, right. that's what it's all about yep i think you're absolutely and, right or at least that's what it was intended for right <laughs> Whether it's, i mean you know some companies have taken it to places it really wasn't designed for but that's okay too yep I think you know but the, the heart of it is to allow people with ideas to get their idea to market without having to come up with a billion dollars to make it happen yep i think you that's know? exactly right yeah yeah and if, if ron perlman's listening which he might be yeah you know if you want to come to adepticon <laughs> next year That'd be cool. Oh, we decided it's, it's Ron Perlman. It's well, I think a, he'd be easier. Thomas Jane would be, I think, easy as well. But Ron Perlman would be the one that he's more gettable. Yeah, and, more, <laughs> and people would recognize him. I think more. that's true. I think yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, We're, you know that that was one of the off the wall ideas was like try to bring so, Ron Ron Perlman or Thomas <laughs> Jane to the booth, right? Right, uh, because they were both in the the movie. Which one is a bigger geek in real life? Is the question. Thomas Jane is the bigger geek. Right. Well, oh, really? he's oh, absolutely. Probably oh. the guy who'd be easier to get there. Then. Ron Perlman is just Ron Perlman, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's Ron Perlman. Yeah. <laughs> Great actor. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, really Thomas good. Jane was um, was Mitch Hunter. Was Mitch Hunter? You yep. don't get more iconic of a character for Warzone yeah. than Mitch Hunter. That's right. I'm sure there are some people that are going to be listening to this that you know swear it's Max <laughs> Steiner or that I'm. Yeah, <laughs> then I'm a, a biased uh, American, but you know, uh, <laughs> Mitch Hunter was the man, right? And that, that that'd works. be funny. That, yeah. that was like one of those. Like, would, if we could, wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> that well, would, that be, would neat. be neat. But it would make no sense to have someone like that come to Adepticon and no. sit at a table. Yeah. No, it would not make any sign sense. Right. Right. right, or even play a game against the people right. as they come up and be like. Thomas Jane, put your shoes on. Talk about, <laughs> talk, about, talk about not seeing very much return on investment. Right, right. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool? It would be cool. It would be cool. Right. So wait, so why did this Kickstarter not actually make a profit? Well, well we had this Thomas Jane. Yeah. <laughs> it was all the hookers and blow we required oh, to get man. him. He, he had this really uh, interesting uh, retainer. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. His guarantee that's was, right. you know... Okay, Ten thousand green M and M's, but right. only green. That's only right. Green. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> so in the in the faction boxes, yes. What all is going to be in that box for the Kickstarter? So you mean the actual like physically types? what's in the box? Yeah. Um, okay. So the so uh, every box, depending on the faction, will have anywhere from six to nine models. Okay. Right. So something like Cybertronic, which is you know the big powerful AI and uh, you know cybernetic troopers. They have fewer models than uh, Elgaroth, for instance, with its multiple undead legionnaires. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want like a deep dive? And I can sure, let's exact... go deep dive into it real right. quick. So the Ballhouse starter set will have a Venusian Ranger leader, a standard trooper, a support trooper with a heavy machine gun, a blitzer trooper, a blitzer operator. Operators are the guys in Warzone that are especially good at grabbing objectives. They have smoke okay. grenades. They, you know, they add a bunch of tactical options to your force. And then a pair of Etoiles uh, Mortant. Uh, for capital, there's a Free Marine leader, a Free Marine basic guy, a Free Marine support with a D-Pat rocket launcher, two Sunset Strikers, a Sunset Striker operator, and a Martian Banshee. Uh, Cybertronic has a Miraman leader, a regular Miraman, a Chaucer trooper, a Chaucer operator, Chaucer support with an HMG, and an Attila three with a rifle. Those are all in the case. All yep. the version of every one of those. Absolutely, yeah, those, so, those look good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah R- R- Rich Erickson uh, painted yeah, the Cybertronic stuff, look and really he's looks amazing. He's a heck of a painter. Yeah, he uh, you know, pulled out his Golden Demon entry while he was pulling out the Cybertronic <laughs> models. It's like, oh well, that's like an adequately painted model. So <laughs> talent. Yeah, the, he's got it. Um, with Imperial. You've got a Bloodbray leader, a standard Bloodbray trooper, a Bloodbray support with a Southpaw rocket launcher, a Golden Lion trooper, a Golden Lion operator, and three trenchers. I like uh, trenchers. Trencher Dave is my favorite. Trencher Dave is, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I've received multiple messages or emails about quote unquote Trencher Dave, mm-hmm. um, including the, uh, the guy that we're working with for our Kickstarter video. Uh, pulled together like a one-page script for Trencher Dave's adventures. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to become like the Bob of Hydra. Right. <laughs> um, all right, almost done here. Sure. Uh, Mishima has got a Hatamoto leader, a Hatamoto trooper, a Hatamoto operator, two Shinobi, a Shinobi with a sniper and a sh- or sniper rifle, and a Shadow Walker. Uh, Brotherhood has a Fury Elite Guard uh, acting as the leader for the faction. Uh, two Mortificators, two Sacred Warriors, and a Sacred Warrior support with an LMG. And then <laughs> Elgaroth has a Centurion for its leader, three Necromutants, a Necromutant with a Tormentor Flamethrower, and four Undead Legionnaires. So the nice. biggest faction. Very nice. So anyway, again, it's six to nine models. Uh, Cybertronic and Brotherhood have six. Elgaroth has nine. Imperial has eight. And then Capital and Bauhaus and Mishima have seven. All right. So Very yes, nice. There's, But that's not all that comes in the box. No. And then uh, to support that are uh, unit cards for every model type that's in the box. Um, we haven't figured out yet whether we're going to do, you know, just one per unit type or if we're going to do one per model, right? So we include like two uh, for the trenchers. So we have three trencher cards and we have one trencher card, right? Yeah. Um, th- goes both ways, right? Uh, having the rules reference is the primary goal. But if you have one card for every model, then you can put tokens on the cards. But then at the same time, the cards take up more table more real estate. Right. And so, yeah, so there's... I vote for less real estate. And, yeah. and, and personally, that's the way I look at it as well. Um, but yeah, we'll 
we'll see. That's probably the direction we're leaning. But um, again, we only got a month, but there's <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of things up in the air. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I uh, so with those unit cards, um, what all's going to be on a unit card? So uh, the unit cards will actually have everything. 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 Um, so the the goal with for, for anyone who's played Warzone First Edition, you know they'll be familiar with the fact that the the core rules are are, are tight, um, easy to understand, and easy to remember. And so with Warzone Eternal, we didn't move away from that. There are a few things that we added to the game that are different than um, old school First Edition. But the core gameplay is still simple, straightforward, and, and understandable. So th- the idea here is that once you've played a couple games, you never look at the rulebook again for the most part. All right. Um, the complexity of the game or the, the depth of the game comes from what your units can do. And so what we want is unit cards that have all of the relevant information. So on that unit card will be the cost of that model in terms of army building, the stat line for the model so you know how to – you know, what you're rolling when you're Move, um, shoot, exactly. Yeah, okay. um, all the special abilities for that unit will be listed. Okay. The weapons and equipment that they carry, uh, all the stat lines will be on that front as well, and all their special abilities will be listed. And then when you flip the card over, all the unit special abilities and weapon special abilities are summarized so that you can, you don't remember what it's camouflage does. It's all right does. there, yep, yeah. Flip it over and take a look nice. at it. That's so the idea. Pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, we're not going to suggest right that we've invented something brand new, but we've, sure, we've looked at what others sure. have done, and this makes a lot of yeah. sense. Nothing like taking ideas that work, yeah. and, and apply them. You know, and use them. No need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Exactly. I'm right. A, I'm a big fan of not reinventing wheels. Yeah. 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 If it works, <laughs> they just, still it works. Work. They still roll. <laughs> um, and then, as we've been saying with everything, uh, the rules, the the cards. All this stuff is going to be available as PDFs off our website. Very so cool. So we're not intending to hide the ball here. You want to understand that you want to try to determine whether or not you want to pick up um, a unit that's not in your starter set. Uh, you can go on the website, take a look at the cards, and like, oh, now I understand what this guy does. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I think I want to add it to my force. Um, there is no you need to buy the box set in order to understand whether you want to play the trooper. That's cool. good. Yeah. Good idea. That's very good. Yeah. I can dig it. Well, right on. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else for this episode? I don't think so. I mean, if we don't talk to you beforehand, May 2nd. May uh, 2nd. Go to the uh, um, Kickstarter page. Sign up to be uh, notified when it launches. Um, Wars of yeah. Eternal Facebook group has got a link to it. Uh, I think we've got links to it off of our Twitter pages. So you already have the reminder up in, on Kickstarter? Yep. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And we'll, and we'll have links for it, too, on the podcast for <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. The whole thing as well. And for, and for all the listeners out there, uh, please go to the Facebook page for Resnova. And I, I know it's on that page. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, so on the Facebook page for Resnova Games, uh, give us a follow, a like, and then you can find it there as well. All right, cool. Well, in that case, I guess we will talk to you guys next time. Absolutely. Probably in a couple of weeks. Appreciate sure. being here. Yep. All right, have a good night. You too.